Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Sermons Podcast. At Legacy Church, we help people find their identity in Jesus and their place in His mission to impact the world through the gospel. We ask that you grab your Bibles, listen up, and we hope that you hear a great word from the Lord today. Good morning, Legacy. It's good to see you this morning. Well, I hope it's good to see me, man. Come on now. Jeez. (laughs) Well, it's good to see you this morning, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, right? Amen. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, last week I was out, I was preaching at a different church and I had an opportunity even the day after we got back from Uganda, but I just want to say you guys look great today. I missed you guys. We really did. Had a great time in Uganda. As a matter of fact, I keep getting asked the question, uh, how, how did everything go in Uganda? And I, I just want to say September 25th. Can we all say September 25th? September 25th. Okay. September 25th, we are going to have a recap. And it's going to be at 5 p.m. Can everybody say 5 p.m.? 5 p.m. All right. Can, also, can we say, I'm going to be there? All right, you guys said it, in the house of the Lord. So you're going to be there. All right, well, that's awesome. So uh, it's going to be a great opportunity to hear really what was going on in Uganda, all the testimonies that you'll get to see and hear. So just make sure to make it out to that. So it's going to be an awesome time. And uh, today, actually, Pastor Kevin is doing kind of the same thing I did last week. He is actually at... I can't remember what year of anniversary it is, but his home church, the church he grew up in, asked him to come and preach. And he had the privilege and opportunity to go teach at his home church this morning for their anniversary. So just keep him in your minds as we are talking today and keep him in your prayers. And I'm pretty sure he's having a great time, right? But we're going to have a better time. Okay. All right. So (laughs) I'm joking, of course, you know. (laughs) But today, uh, I get to do something, uh, and we're talking about Proverbs for the people, right? So, uh, first of all, what an incredible message that we had last week, right? And the week before, thank you, Pastor Justin, and thank you, Pastor Lori, for guiding us and leading us with these sermons. Uh, But today, we get to focus in on Proverbs for the people, Proverbs for our marriage, right? Everybody excited for this, right? Okay, I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are excited. I'm, you have to understand that I came from Africa a few weeks a week ago, so everybody's pretty loud over there. So I'm just going to ask if there's a moment where you can shout amen, just shout amen. I'm just used to it right now. That's right, amen. We're going to need a lot of amens as we talk through this marriage sermon, and, uh, <laughs> but it's all going to be good. I promise it's going to be good. So whenever it comes to uh, marriage, uh, one of the things that I you know, was able to do whenever I uh, understood that I was preaching today, uh, I started praying, Lord, what would you have me say uh, about marriage? And, you know, one of the questions that came, kept coming to my head is when it comes to Proverbs, because Proverbs is wisdom, right? The wisdom that God gave Solomon and he was teaching his son with that wisdom, right? So as, he, as I was praying, what wisdom can I give to the church this morning? One question kept coming to my head as I was praying, and basically it was the question was, what proverb are you allowing to lead your marriage, Patrick? What proverb are you allowing to lead you? 
as you are in your marriage, what are you allowing to be that advice for you, that counsel for your marriage? Uh, what foundation does it have when, it when we talk about this thing called a proverb or that wisdom? And, you know, I, I couldn't help but think through a little bit more that sometimes in our society, sometimes in our churches, sometimes in everywhere we are, there are proverbs being stated all over the place, and sometimes we allow them to linger in our minds and our hearts, and sometimes we say that it is truth, you know? But I have the same question for everybody in the, that is married today. What proverb are you allowing to speak into your marriage? What proverb are you allowing to guide your marriage? What wisdom are you leaning on when it comes to the direction of your marriage? And for those who are uh, thinking of getting married, maybe those who are single right now, these are good questions to ask if you, your heart is in that space where you want to go that direction in the future. But what proverb are you allowing to lead you? Because at the end of the day, we have a lot of different proverbs today. And I would say that a lot of proverbs that we hear from come sometimes from movies. They come from the songs we hear. Uh, they come from philosophy that we tend to read sometimes. Uh, like, for example, uh, I remember, I think I've stated it before, there's a proverb that people used to lean on, in, I guess, in the 1970s. At least that's what somebody told me, an old pastor back in the day, that there was a movie called The Love Story. And that's the, they said, love is having to never say you're sorry. So every person who's married knows that that's the dumbest thing you could ever say. <laughs> that is not true. That is not a good proverb to allow your life to be led by. It is not a good one, right? Obviously, if you're married, you're always saying you're sorry, right? <laughs> but if you're wanting to go the right direction, you see. So th that's one of those proverbs that just comes to your mind and you're like, oh my goodness. But even if we go further, there's even this proverb like, uh, what's his name, Jerry Maguire, the movie. Anybody seen that? I'm not saying go and watch these movies after, but I'm just saying this is something that came to my mind. But uh, it says, uh, you complete me. Hey, has anybody remember that? Uh, I guess uh, Tom Cruise and his character is saying to the, his love interest that you complete me. And you know what? The reason why I say that is because I've heard many people say that in their marriages. You complete me. And I'm like, that's good, that's cool, but man, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> man, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, all right, so what is the foundation behind that completion is what I start to ask. And uh, there's even another movie, like Meet Joe Black, and it says, I, I, I know it's a cornball thing, but love is, love is passion, it's obsession, someone you can't live without. I say, fall head over heels, find someone you can love like crazy, and you'll love the same way back. How do you find them? Well, you forget your head and listen to your heart. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> but at the same time, sounds a bit crazy, because you got to at least use your head and your heart, right? Amen? Hopefully you have a good relationship with the Lord where you can identify what is good and what is not so good. So don't just follow your heart. It's good to use some intellect too, and, and that's all, all good. But even for some of the things that are being stated to, to wives uh, about how to deal with your husband, there's even a, a, another statement that was stated, uh, husbands are like wine. They take, long, they take a long time to mature. And 
But here's the thing. If you allow that proverb to rest in your heart, you end up believing it. And it's like, that's not good. That's, I don't know if that's a good thing. But uh, here's a good one, a good little thought from a movie. It says, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. And that's Forrest Gump, right? So out of all the things that I've said thus far, I think that is, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. I can't, I can't hit on that too much. But at the same time, you don't have to be a super intellect to, to know and understand what love is, right? But, you know, there's so many sayings. There's even so many poems out there. And I even got one poem. And this poem actually has to do with a, a man by the name of Frank, Frank Sinatra. Anybody know him? Okay. So Frank Sinatra actually stated, love and marriage, love and marriage, they go together like a horse and carriage. This, I tell you, brother... You can't have one without the other. Love and marriage, love and marriage. It's an institute you can't disparage. Ask your local gentry, and they will say it's elementary, right? I know some of this is funny, but we sang it. We've internalized it at times. We kind of hear it again. And if we're not careful at times, we might actually think some of this stuff might be true. So the thing that I have for, to ask for us this morning is what proverb are you allowing to reign in your life? But obviously this is a little stretch, right? Obviously it, not everybody's living on this. I hope not, but uh, this is not, this is a stretch from real, real proverbs that we would probably lean on for advice, right? But today I just really want us to guide in and, and, and walk through what a proverb is for our marriages that I believe that can assist us, that can help us. And in this proverb that I want us to take a look at, you have to understand this, it is not specifically on marriage, but it is a proverb that I believe if we allow to enter in our lives, it will definitely help our marriages. Amen? It is something that we can look to and lean on as advice, as wisdom from Solomon to his son and say, you know what, I know that it's talking about uh, how somebody should live their life, but if you live it together with your spouse, with your husband or wife, uh, this is something that I would say is good advice. So if you could turn your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to take a look at verses 3 through 6. And in verses 3 uh, through 6, we're going to take a look at the ESV version real quick. And, and if you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. If you're not, say, hold up. Okay, some, a few hold ups. Okay. Um, Old Testament. Okay. I'm joking. Um, but as we look at uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 through 6, it does say, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the table of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Can we say amen to that word? Amen. It's good advice. It's good, wise advice. Like I stated before, it's not specifically talking about marriage, but it is advice that we can utilize in our marriages because it is helpful for us. And I also like how even the New Living Translation states it. And it says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. 
then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And you know, in this, Solomon is really trying to give advice to his son, and he's trying to encourage him to not walk away from loyalty or faithfulness. Let that be an attribute of who you are. As a matter of fact, as you are a part of a loyal and faithful individual, that you are understanding that you are walking with a faithful and loyal God. So at the end of the day, he wants to remind even his son at this moment, hey, don't walk away from this. This is really important. As a matter of fact, he wants you, he wanted him to put it around his neck as, as an important thing to remember. Don't walk away from this. And I would say even in our marriages, if we take a look at it, I would say this is good wisdom because we want to make sure that faithfulness, loyalty is something that is our character. But we understand is the character of God and we should not walk away from that character. Amen. But we should stand firm and hold steady in the, the direction that God is calling us. He's sharing this wisdom because he understands that it delights the Lord it brings delight to God, but then also it brings delight to the people that are around him. It helps people to understand, or those who are walking in this way, it gives, in this sense, a success or a clear direction or a clear path. But for us today, if we're talking about marriage, I, I just want to share this. That if we are walking alongside each other, if we're, we are going to live life together and grow with one another let us make sure never to leave faithfulness or loyalty. Let us never leave the loyalty of the Lord. Let us never leave the faithfulness of the Lord. Because he's the one who directs us. He's the one who shares with us. He's the one who guides us. He's the one who empowers us to continue to go the direction that we're called to go, right? And as we continue to move that direction, we are at least able to see clearly what he is calling us to. And even in that sense... In uh, my first thought, it's, it's, I want to say it like this. If we keep God's loyal love and keep God's loyal love and truth at the center of your marriages and relationships. Keep God's loyal love and his truth at the center of your marriages and relationships. You see, if we are to take the wisdom uh, Solomon is giving to his son for our marriages, it will guide us to, to trust in the Lord and not just ourselves, right? It will help us to understand, you know, I know that there's a lot of conflict out there. I know that there's a lot of struggle out there. I know that there's struggle within the marriages sometimes that we tend to have. But at the end of the day, regardless of how bad it might get or how good it might get, I always want to make sure that God's loyal love and God's truth is always at the center stage of what we call our marriage. And I pray that is something that you find wise today that you can hold true for your marriage this morning, right? For those who are called to even be in a marriage in the future, just remember his loyal love, his guidance, his goodness is something that can sustain you and keep you strong and keep you in a place that is uh, with solid foundation. Keep God's loyal love and truth at the center of your marriages. As a matter of fact, he, he, Solomon gives this clear illustration, and I want to use this illustration. As he says, bind it around your neck. 
You know, whenever I look at uh, and see that, I can think of something that you can bind around your neck. It's like a necklace. Let's just say you went to Jared, like that commercial, right? <laughs> you went to Jared, you bought a necklace. You bought each other a necklace. And that necklace was worth a whole lot of money, right? You won't just throw that necklace away if it's worth a whole lot of money. You want to cherish it. You want to take care of it. You want to make sure that people understand that you have something that is valuable. And that's what Solomon's even trying to say to his son. But I want to share with us his advice in our marriages. Wear faithfulness and loyalty. Wear God's faithfulness and loyalty in your marriages. And bind it around your neck like a, a necklace at Jared or something. Amen. <laughs> uh, somebody's getting nervous. I heard him scratching his throat. You don't have to go to Jared today. I'm just saying. <laughs> but seriously, it is something that we need to remember. This is something that's valuable. The way we walk with one another in our relationships is valuable. The way that we're faithful to the Lord is valuable. The way that we're loyal in the Lord is valuable. Why? Because it will help us to be faithful and loyal to the ones that we are with. He is the sustainer. He is the one who gives us direction and clarity and path as we move that direction, right? And, and here's a side note for us all. I even like how it says it gives a delight to the Lord and maybe even a good reputation to all those out there. But I will say it like this. I, I really believe that it is also wise for us to fight for a good reputation for one another, right? We should fight for a good reputation for our spouses. That every day when you wake up in the morning, you have that great reputation and say, man, I'm so glad to be married to this person. They are such a good character. They have good character. They have great integrity. I'm so honored and so blessed. We should fight for that. Amen? Yes. We should fight to, to gain favor with them. Not in a, in a deceitful way or manipulative way, but in the way that honors and pleases and delights the Lord. It is something that we should be un individually called to, but if we allow this to work in our marriages, I really believe that it would be something that would delight and please the Lord. As a matter of fact, if we keep looking and look down, the loyalty that we live um, is something that can give us uh, that foundation that we need in our marriages because we are centered on who we know Christ Jesus to be, right? At the end of the day, we have to remember that. It is him who gives us that clear direction and path. And if we look further down, even at Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. You know, at the end, whenever we take a look at this particular part of the text, I, I understand that, like I said before, it is something that we are all called to do. The dependence that we have in our own personal lives should not only be on ourselves. It should be on the Lord, right? It, we should be dependent on his goodness, on, on his faithfulness, on his loyalty, on his love. We should be. We should not lean on the philosophies or perspectives of just this world. We should always acknowledge who he is in everything that we're doing. We must be those people who are called into that light, right? So what if I was to call on us to have that perspective in our marriages too? 
when the hard things happen, don't lean on just your own personal understandings. Don't lean on maybe what you heard an influencer say on social media. Don't lean on maybe an old Cosby show and their statements. Uh, I said Cosby. I don't know if you're supposed to say that these things, but <laughs> I don't know. But I, the reason why I said Cosby is because there's an illustration that comes to my head because uh, a philosophy that came for many, many years, people always utilize this language that uh, Claire Huxtable would say that uh, to her son-in-law that she was very upset with his male, male uh, ego and how he thought marriage should work. And he was stating that he, he deserved to be served the whole time. And she was trying to let him know that everything that happens in this house is 50-50, you know? Uh, we work 50-50 at, at the end of the day. But what if I was to share with you that's wrong, right? As a matter of fact, when Jesus comes into our heart, he did not come in 50%. He came in 100%, right? As a matter of fact, we need to do that in our marriages and be 100% in with one another. So it should be 100-100. Every ounce of who you are should be serving in the marriage. Amen? And we should not lean on the perspectives or the things of this world or what they might say to, to challenge us to have maybe what we would say a, a happy marriage or a happy life. But let us lean on what the Lord does challenge us in. He challenges us to love one another. He challenges us to work with one another. He challenges us to serve one another. So in the second thought is putting our dependence in the Lord and trusting who he is can create a healthier and clearer path for our marriages. It can help. He does give clarity when there's moments of darkness or moments of mediocrity or moments of stagnation or just moments where it's just we feel that things could be better. He can give us strategies whenever we are clearly going a direction, but maybe there's some extra steps that we need to take in going that direction as well. He's the one that we need to align with and lean on whenever we're working through all the things that we go through in life in our marriages. He is that source. He is that strength. And sometimes, you know, when people would ask, so whenever you talk about marriages and, and all these things that have to do with marriage and being with one another, uh, how do I put my dependence on the Lord? What, how should I lean on him? Well, scripture helps us lean on the Lord, right? We have the word of God who gives us life every time we can read it or any time that we internalize it and practice it. It brings some sense of new life to us, right? But in this, I would say that we do need to lean on his scripture. And at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, what does God say marriage should look What does marriage look like? Well, I'm going to read a passage. I'm going to read a text real quick. And this particular text, I want to give a preface because at the end of the day, some of us have come from backgrounds that have utilized this particular scripture. And it has become a very masculine scripture and in some senses, wives could feel that they are to do all the work while the husbands get to do whatever they want, you know, depending on the background that one might come from. And that is not what this particular text is trying to share. But if you could turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, and we're going to read to 33. But 
as you're getting there, I just want to make sure that we understand that Apostle Paul is really just trying to share with the church the, the role of the family, the role of what it this should look like. And he wants to encourage the church not only to stay in unity, but to also stay in unity with one another, with each other in their relationships, in their personal relationships, in their families, and especially in our marriages. And I, that's what I feel that I know that the Lord wants us to understand even this morning. We want to stay united. We want to stay in the, dis, uh, the direction that he's calling us to. But in order for us to go that direction, we really do have to acknowledge what it is that he says, right? So if we look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 and 33, it does start, and, and I'm just going to say it like this. It starts with something that I know that's not very popular, and I, I get that. So I'm just going to read it. So here you go. Wives, submit to your husbands as, the Lord, as to the Lord. For the husband is, is the head of the, uh, the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His, uh, his body and his, his himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He should love, he should love, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her, her husband. Can we all say amen to that? Amen. Okay. Not so many amens on that one, but he'll keep... <laughs> but... At the end of the day, I do understand, and I think we all understand that there has been some things utilized in this particular text, and it has not been uh, a good way to even share about the text. But I want to make sure that we understand that was not Paul's intention. Like I stated before, he wants to bring unity in how our relationships work and how we flow together. He wants us to understand that, yes, that give your husbands the opportunity, wives, to uh, lead in the home. Allow them to lead the home just as Christ leads the church. Also, he, he challenges wives to serve in such a way that it honors and respects, right? But it doesn't stop there. He says, men, love. Love your wife. Love your wife like Jesus loves the church, right? And at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, so if Jesus loved the church to the point of death, does that mean that we as men should love our wives to the point of death? Yes. I love that answer. Yes. And sometimes when we read this particular text, we can also say that, you know what, this looks a little mechanical. I don't see the passion like I see in the movies. I don't hear the love like I hear in the songs. I don't see the, the romantic thing that we sometimes really, really want to have in our relationships. This seems a little mechanical, right? But here's what I want. I want to share in this particular light. He is saying, love your wives. Love your wife's husband. And wives, 
Respect and honor your husband. Love each other. Work together in this relationship. Yes, there are different roles, but guess what? I want you to serve each other in this relationship, right? At the end of the day, when we look at this text, we should all come up with the understanding of this. We cannot, as husbands or wives, escape the task of serving one another, right? We, at both sides, have to understand that we are called to serve and love one another and work with one another in every aspect of our lives. We are called to do something that emulates who Jesus is, emulates what the gospel stands for, and we should shine that light to this world that is full of brokenness and full of hopelessness. And may it be for our marriages and may it be for us that we are sharing the gospel by being uh, faithful and loyal and honorable people in our marriages, right? Amen? Amen? So at the end of the day, we have to really understand this. We are called to serve one another. Yes, the roles look different, but it's still called to serve. Yes, there might be different functionalities, but we're still both called to serve each other. We can't escape that. So even as I stated before, for especially us men, and I always say it to myself, and this is one thing that I always share uh, a long time ago, I used to get mad at my wife for certain things that I felt was her fault. Has anybody ever been there? Any, don't admit that. Uh, I'm joking. But seriously, I, there was a moment where I would always share with God, man, I really don't like how this is happening. I don't like how this is happening. I believe that. And then, you know, sometimes the opposite of the conversation would start coming into my head of all the things and areas that I needed to work on. I understood at these moments that these are areas maybe that I was failing as a husband to serve my wife as well. And allowing myself to be angry and full of selfishness at times. But really, if I look at this particular text in Ephesians, it calls me to a higher standard as a man. It calls me to a standard to love my wife even when she's feeling sick, even when she might be a little argumentative or we might be argumentative. She's, he's still calling me to love my wife. Even when I get criticized or critiqued a little bit, I'm still called to love my wife. Even when I come home and supper's not cooked. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> it's a joke. Joke. See, she's in children's church today, so I'm saying all this stuff. I'm just letting it all. No, but seriously, the moments where there's sickness, the moments where there's anger, the moments where there's unclarity, the moments where there, uh, there's resistance towards one another, God still calls me to love her. And even in the other spectrum, God calls her to honor me. And I believe that is something that, if I would say the third thought, our marriages resemble the gospel when we serve one another in it. We need to remember that it resembles the gospel when we serve one another. I understand that we're living together forever, but when we're living together, let us work and let us fight to serve one another. 
Let us work and let us fight to honor one another. Let us, let us work really hard to walk in faithfulness, just like the proverb says. Let us walk in his loyalty. Let's not walk away from it, but let us stand on it. Because if we stop walking in faithfulness to the Lord, if we stop walking in loyalty to the Lord, I, I, that's when friction more, might happen a little more, as a matter of fact. When we stop serving one another, that's when the conflict can start happening. But we're called to a standard that is higher than what I would say maybe what we might say philosophies outside of the realm of the scriptures would share with us. We're called to a higher standard than our marriages. We're called to a higher standard of how we treat and love one another in our marriages. We're called in a way to resemble and look like Jesus and not like something that we might read in a book or a magazine or see on social media. We are called to a higher standard and that's what God, I believe God is calling us to this morning and reminding us if we're going and walking in this pathway, if we're walking in this pathway right now, he's calling you to continue, to continue to be faithful, to continue to be loyal, to continue to walk in his loyalty and his love so that you can look more and more like him and the, your relationship can look more and more like the gospel. But for some of us who are having challenges right now, for some of us who might have the moments where it's not so easy right now, I want to share this with you. Share this word with you. Challenge yourself to understand what walking in faithfulness in the Lord looks like. Walking in loyalty, walking in his loyalty. Remember to not lean just on your own perspectives or understandings. Don't just lean on what you heard from Dr. Phil or anybody like that. But let's at this moment, there are moments where it's good to, to go to counseling and to hear perspectives. But I want to make sure that we know as well it's also great to go to the scriptures and call upon the name of the Lord. He's the one who can help us. He's the one who can direct us. He's the one who can lead us. He's the one who can minister to us. So at this day, I want to challenge every person here through this particular last thought is, as we continue to go and we lean on this proverb, I just want us to understand this. Don't stop praying with one another or for one another in your marriages. Don't stop. If you found yourself in a place where you have been praying together, you have been uh, praying outside of just your uh, time of devotion together, and then all of a sudden it stops, figure out a way to get back into doing it. Share opportunities to pray for one another. So don't stop praying for one another. Don't stop doing Bible studies with one another. This is a practice that I believe that can help center us in the way Christ is calling us to live as a, as a, a married couple, as in our relationships. There's this calling where we can move forward in the sense of understanding the scriptures together, understanding what he's calling us to do together. Don't stop doing Bible studies with one another.
Don't stop pursuing God's direction for your marriages and for each other. That goes side by side with don't stop praying. Don't stop doing the Bible study. Allow him to lead you. Allow him to guide you. Have an opportunity where he can share with you, with your marriage, how to move forward. Don't stop uh, reminding each other uh, who is truly in charge, which is Christ. Yeah? I saw a lot of people just looking at their husbands and looking at their wives. (laughs) But let us be reminded who truly is in charge, and that's Jesus. And don't stop being faithful to the Lord. Don't stop being faithful to one another. You guys receiving that this morning? This is something that I know that the Lord can work in us on. But I also want to speak to one sense, and I, I, I do understand that this particular sermon was constructed for those who are in marriage and maybe together in their marriage going a specific direction. But I do also understand that there are marriages out there that are struggling right now where one person out of the marriage comes to church while the other one is, might not be going to church. And I just want to share with you that we are praying for you. And if you need somebody to talk to, if you need anybody to, uh, to, to hear you out as to what's going on, well, just want, I want to make sure that you know that you can contact us as uh, a pastoral team, Pastor Justin, myself, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Lori. Because we also want to walk through those, with those that are struggling even right now. Because some of this stuff is easier said than done, right? But at the end of the day, we also know it's something that we're called to, right? It's like uh, the old song back in the day, not to throw everything off, but there's an old song back in the day that said, loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Doot and doot and doo As we believe that our spouses are beautiful or handsome, sometimes love is not that easy. Love is challenging at times. The way that God calls us, he calls us to put ourselves aside and allow himself to be the center stage. And that's what I believe he's calling our marriages into. That's what I believe he calls us individually into, to let go of ourself and allow him to be the center receive that this morning let's pray father right now I do thank you I thank you Lord that we have an opportunity to lean on your word to lean on your perspective lean on who you are as our God I thank you Lord that you give us an amazing representation through sending your son Jesus Christ to do a work here on this earth by serving this world in a perfect way but ultimately dying for this world so they may have an opportunity to come to the understanding of who you are. We see a service that is full of love and full of compassion and full of faithfulness and full of loyalty. But Lord, right now at this very moment, I would just ask, Lord, for our marriages and those who are in relationships uh, getting ready even for marriage, or maybe it's in their mindset that one day they'll be married. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to resemble your gospel in our marriages by serving one another, 
by never walking away from faithfulness, never walking away from loyalty, but holding your truth, holding your love as the center stage of our marriages. I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would begin to speak into our marriages and whatever area that needs to be spoken into right now. For those marriages which are strong, I ask, Father, that you strengthen them. For all those who are in weakness right now in their marriages, I also ask, Father, that you would continue to work and strengthen and bring testimonies and miraculously do things. But if that means helping us understand that we need to put ourselves aside and allow you to be the center, I ask, Lord, that you would do so. Walk with us this morning in our marriages, in our relationships. Guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit for this thing called marriage that you made between husband and wife, between man and woman. I just ask, Father, that it just resemble who you are. And let us go out of this place as if we were a testimony to that word and to that work. It's in your name, Jesus, that we ask and pray. We say amen.